0: All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. For the word of God is living. And active is sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature that is hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. For whatever is written in earlier times was written for our instruction. So that through perseverance and encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. And Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. You may be seated. So I'm going to wrap up a little bit on fasting, just a little bits here and there, and then we're going to move into the Bible. So fasting, as we had talked about, was a denial, self denial for a deeper relationship. It's taking those things that we think we think we need we think we need and setting them off to the side and really getting into going, okay, God. You're who I need, not these things. Even to the point of setting the food down. Now, there's a, a lot of challenging points there that people go, well, you know, Ian, my, my doctor said that. I have a medical condition of. <clears throat> True, I believe those things. But what if God wanted you to trust him more than the medication. At points, that's a lot of gear grinding in our minds, right? <sighs> well, God gave a doctor's wisdom to understand what illnesses are, and he gives us medication that we can create to take care of those things. True. But what if God says... Trust me. That's the deeper relationship I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting down to the nitty-gritty of it all. And so I gave an example of the fasting schedule that God put me on and shared some of that, and and I've had great conversations with people because of it. Forty days, really? Ten days without food and water, really? Really? And really, it all came out of what we just read, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The key word for me in that verse was on. You're like, Ian, out of all those words, you pick that one, it's got two letters? Yeah. What do I live on? What do I live on? And that question penetrated my heart so deeply to get to the point of, do I trust him with my life, with my physical life, not my eternal life? And that's, you know, signed, sealed, and delivered. That's all taken care of, right? I mean, you know, we all just go, well, you know, I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. We're all good. Unfortunately, some of us may go, well, I got my fire insurance. I'm good to go. But I'm talking about getting down to the nitty-gritty of your life, your living and breathing life, and all that goes with it. Do you trust him so much with your life that you will let him hold it? And that's the question he gave me. And that's where that verse became alive to me. Because when... The the only thing I ate for 40 days was this. This. Because I don't live on food... alone, but I live on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I'm not saying it was easy, but I learned a whole lot. And he held me up, and he sustained me, and I learned more about him and how much he loves me. And how much he loves every person that he created and breathed life into, and how he wanted me to take my life and be used as a platform for him to dance across so everyone else could see him. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's spoken word, Logos, Rama. When the Holy Spirit speaks, communicates with us from within, and you feel that movement in that motion in that sense in that discernment, that's the Holy Spirit speaking. That's God speaking. You live off of those things. We learn to live off of those things. Lagos, the written word of God, things that the Holy Spirit spoke and were written down. Here, you, this, is, this is food. This is food. So, to jump back to fasting for just a quick moment. Fasting isn't about just food. We're coming up on Lent. I think it's March 9th, I believe. March 9th. <clears throat> Forty days of preparing For the Holy Week. What does that mean? That means positioning your heart in expectation that God's got something for you and that he's going to do something in you and through you. And so Lent is oftentimes giving up something, isn't it? Right? Like what? Okay, this is audience participation. Like what? Your favorite thing? Your favorite thing? Chocolate, See, me and Kathy are like, boom. What else? What else would you give up? And, and you know, I'm going to be very honest. We're going to do this. I'm going to ask you to set something aside between March 9th until, I'm not going to put you down for 40 days, okay? It could be a day. It doesn't matter. We have to start somewhere, right? We have to start somewhere. And to go, what, am, what do I so much desire from the Lord that I'm willing to give up? Coffee, social media, going out to eat. You know, it, it, it can be that thing that you know has a hold on you. This is about breaking, what? Free. Freedom opens up the doors for a deeper relationship with Christ. And that's what we need. I don't even need to get into everything that's going on into the world. If you don't see that this is a need for what's coming, oh dear Jesus, please come down here and let me pray with you. Because our world is shifting and changing quickly. And we're going to be the ones called on to stand up, to be raised up, and to lead. That's our job. And I'm explaining this is how you get prepared. So be praying about that. What's the one thing that God wants you to give up? Here's the other thing I want to offer. If you're interested in doing this, I'm doing it. Give me your number. Let's make a text group. And let me send out encouragements to you every day that we go through this. It's about doing it together. There's strength in numbers, right, church? Absolutely. So let's do this together. What's, what's a way that we can connect and walk together? And it can be you can be okay. You're like, you know what? I hooked up with my pastor, and I don't know, he's just out there a little bit, but he's walking down this path. I just want to want to see what happens. Fine. Let's get together. I you know what? It's okay. I've, people have looked at me like I'm crazy for years. It's okay. But let's do this together because there's strength in numbers, there's power together. And where two or three are gathered together, what does the word say? that God is among us, that he is with us. So if there's two or three of us that get together and do this, you're not following my lead, we're following his. Does that make sense? But what is the one thing that you believe God would have you say, give that up for me? You don't even need to tell me what it is. It can be between you and the Lord. But if you want a part Of what we're doing starting March 9th, then get a hold of me, text me, and we'll make a group. Okay? That's fasting. We're talking about the Word also, the Bible. What is it? We started into Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. It's food, it's what you eat. Man does not live on bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, it's food. And these things that I have on the table here are representations of what the Bible says it is. You're hungry, you go to the pantry, right? You go get something to eat. Spiritually, we get hungry. It can come in a form of us feeling lost or chaos, lack of peace, those type of things. And we go, man, I'm just fed up with the day today. You know what? No, no, no. You're spiritually hungry for truth to remove all of the chaos, the anxiety, the storm that crashes down in on you. You're thirsting. You're hungry for truth peace and that's found in scripture through the spirit that lives in you but that's the food and so you can't live on this alone but you can live off of every word that comes out of the mouth of god mouth has two meanings one mouth whether you're a human or an animal or whatever, it means mouth. The other definition is sword. Interesting. Why? Because our words are powerful, are they not? They will cut you coming or going. But it's interesting because the mouth that we need to feed with is also the one that can be used to cut Now, when I say that, most times, our minds will go to something negative, correct? Are you interested to know what the positive side is? A sword will also cut away the things you don't need. Mm. Sword. Hebrews chapter 4. <clears throat> For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Cuts coming or going, and if you don't know how to use it right, it'll cut you, right? But that's it. Sword, double-edged, which is this is. Cuts coming and going, but it is alive, and it is sharper and the point that's being made there, and it goes even on to talk about it, it penetrates dividing the soul and the spirit, the joints from the marrow of the bone, that sharp. It judges our thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. Oh, that's feeling a little isn't it? That's what this does. It opens you up to who you are. But not out of hopelessness. But out of hope. Because it reveals to us who we are. And it divides things down to the very quick of it. And so we know what side we're on. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight, Hebrew says. Everything is uncovered and it is laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The word of God is a sharp two-edged sword that ex- exposes Lovingly exposes who we are so that we can change from being that person into who God created us to be. It is active, that means that it is powerful, it is operational. You think of a surgeon and a scalpel. That's what the Word of God does. That's why we need it. Because we're carrying around a bunch of extra stuff that we don't need to. So let God cut it off. Let God cut it off. Psalm 119. Thy Word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. When things are dark right? Anybody been there? Come on, get an amen? Absolutely. When things are dark, what is the Word of God? A light. It's a lamp. I can't see where to go. I don't know what decision to make. I feel lost. I'm in the dark. Okay. If I handed you a lamp you would go, thank you very much. Here's a flashlight. You're on a dark path. You don't know what the next turn holds. You don't know what's around the next bend. You don't know what this decision that I've made is going to... How is that going to affect me? But I go, "Here's here's a light. Here's a flashlight. Oh, thank you so much. This is exactly what I need. But yet... Our lights, our flashlights, our lamps sit on shelves. Does that make any sense? No. I don't know where to start. Open it. There's a start. Read it. God, where do you want me to start? Pastor Ian, I got a question. Oh, you know what? This is happening in my life. You know what? Google. Where can I find things on faith? Where does the scripture talk to me about peace? We have all these tools at our fingertips to not live in darkness. Not just to not live in darkness, but but to know the way and the path to take. Well, I've got this huge decision to make. I've got these two jobs that came to me at the same time. I don't know which one to take. And we become hamsters on a wheel because we're chasing an answer that God has, but we're not pursuing him. We're going to spend more time worrying and frustrated and talking to other people about it Rather than talking to the one who sees it all. Lamp. First Timothy three sixteen. All scripture is God breathed. It is useful for teaching. I know we have a lot of teachers in here. It's useful for teaching, being an instructor. It's useful for rebuking, being convicted. Now, that's one that's just like, well, I don't know. Does anybody like to be convicted? Okay, let me ask you this. Do we need it? Do we need it? Yes, we need to be convicted because that conviction of our heart through the Holy Spirit helps us grow. It helps us set aside the things that we shouldn't be holding on to and grabbing a hold of the things that we should. That's what the Bible does. It is for rebuking. It's for correcting, meaning to help you be restored in improvement of your character. And it's for training in righteousness, for being and doing things rightly. Rightly. So that the person of God... Us will be equipped for every good work. That we will be able to complete the tasks that God has given us. That's what this is. That's what the Bible is. So I brought this. You guys may have one. This is my household manual folder. Okay? Yeah, see, y'all know where I'm going with this, right? So this is my household manual folder. So if my ice maker breaks, right here. I know how to fix it. If my freezer goes out, I know how to fix it. If my TV quits, I go to this folder. If my air conditioner goes out, if my gas furnace goes down... If my microwave stops, you got the picture? If something goes wrong in my house, I go to this folder because it instructs me on what's going wrong and how to fix it. This is so easy, but do I need to do this? If something is going wrong in my life, right here, this is your instruction folder. This is your guide. This is your teacher. This is your connection to the Holy Spirit that lives in you to understand his heart. There's another view that I have of this, and I've mentioned it before. <clears throat> this is God's journal. I have journals. You guys know that. I have a lot of journals. My kids want to read my journals. Now. They want to read them now. They want to know what Dad thinks about. It's a scary place, but they do. They want to know what he thinks about. They want to know how he thinks. They want to know how he processes things. They also absolutely love to sit down and talk to me face to face. You see where I'm going with this? God breathed this. He breathed this. This is all about how God thinks, how he sees us, how he loves us. Lessons, principles, guidelines, structure on how to live. At the same time, we can talk to him. And it doesn't have to be down on your knees at a prayer rail on Sunday mornings only. It is a conversation. It is the two cups of coffee sitting at a table just to talk to him about things he's shared in here, things that he has shared in here things that we still may have read this and he has shared here, but we really don't understand. But you know what that is? If we still don't understand that thing, all the, those things, all it is is an invitation for you to come spend more time with him. That's that's what it is. Because he wants to take you deeper. He wants to be more intimate in relationship with you. He wants to increase, expand, the ways that he communicates with you. Does it always have to be a bolt of lightning shooting across the sky with the angelic host singing peace on earth? Or can it be a simple meeting in a grocery store and a prompting to say, tell him about this? This wide range of how God desires and wants to communicate with us is found here and the Holy Spirit here. Written word, Logos, Rama, spoken word here. It's not either or, it's both and. This is your instruction folder. This is your instruction folder. Psalm 119 also shares, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Here's what I got out of that. It's a guard. See this? See this? understand the importance of guards. I'm kidding. Right? But guards, right? Life is this saw. It can eat you up and it can cut you up and it can leave you laying. As a matter of fact, John 10.10 tells us that's exactly what the enemy wants with you. That's what he wants for you. His job is to steal, kill, and destroy. He is the thief that comes into the fold to grab the sheep and to kill them. He is the wolf. But there are guards. Because you know what? There's nothing that the enemy does, is, or attempts that God doesn't know about. It's true. God knows. So there's a sense of protection that God has for his Sheep for his people, for his beloved. And that's you. And it comes here. Because this teaches us how to fight against the enemy. And it lets us know that we are guarded. Isaiah talks about that, the, that God is also our rear guard. That means that we're, we're always looking down the path, right? Of what's next. But God is already, he's taking care of behind us. Because you know what? Is the enemy really going to jump out in front of you on your path? Or might he sneak up behind you and you never see it coming? Mm? Right? Man, never saw that coming. Man, I didn't expect that. Where did that come from? I got blindsided. This is God establishing a protection and a guard around you, above you, below you. It's your guard. The Word of God is a guard. It is your instruction manual. It is the light that you need in your world of darkness and where you're going. It is alive, and it is a sword to defend you, to protect you, but to remove the things in your lives that you don't need to be carrying down this path. Because you know what? Our backpacks get heavy, don't they? Maybe you're carrying stuff you don't need to. Let the Word of God free you and cut that loose from you. And it's also your food. These are just a few things how the Bible describes itself. Out of Jeremiah... The word of God is a fire and a hammer. It is a fire of purity, of refinement, and it is a hammer that breaks things into pieces. Like the shackles that you feel. Like the prison doors that you feel locked in. It breaks those things loose. It's about freedom. And that's what the Bible is. It's funny, we've talked often about... um, I, in my own personal conversations, have talked often about the book that, that uh, Phil Bliss wrote, 40 on 70. And it's just like the one thing that God keeps telling me about that book is that you can find yourself in there. You're in that book somewhere. Somewhere. And it's just as true here. You're in here. Your situation is in here. The need that you have to help repair, fix, heal, What's going on in your life is in here. What you need is in this book because this book is the heart of God. So tapping into this and the spirit that lives in you, you have every answer that you need. Now, it may not be when you want it. Rats. We've all been there. Okay, I need it now. You know, God, I need this answer by 5 o'clock. Really? As I talk to the one who created time, no, you need me. You need me in your waiting. But the answers are there. But I encourage you, look at this through these eyes of what we need. Where are you in your life? Where are you in the situation that you're facing? What is your need? Do you need to be guarded? Do you need to figure out through my instruction manual on how to get or how to do? Do I need a light? Is it time for me to go through surgery? Do I need some things cut away? Do I need discernment? That's the other part about this sword. It cuts to the quick. It divides marrow from the joint. That fine of a line. And oftentimes we find ourselves there going, I need discernment in this decision. What steps do I take? And it seems like such a fine line. Well, you know what? Get something in your hands and in your heart and in your mind that's going to help you make that cut. Maybe I'm just spiritually starving. You know what? The Bible talks about that there is milk and there is meat. It's food. It can be something very simple. Milk. Milk for babies. It can be something that's pretty heavy. Grab yourself a porterhouse and start eating. It's all there. And everything in between. The Bible was given to us For us and for our relationship with God, it's about learning. It's about becoming. I said last week that I was going to bring this book. I think it's kind of funny that I'm saying, here's a book that you can read that'll teach you to read this book. Right? It seems kind of crazy. But there are insights in here that are about the disciplines of walking as a Christian. The fasting that we've talked about. The need for prayer. Journaling. Quiet time. Solitude. Reading your Bible. All kinds of things are in this book. It's called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. It's, it's a it's a good book. It is practical. But it does not take the place of this. Let me just tell you. It doesn't. Alive and breathing. Right here. Alive and breathing. So, fasting March 9th. Be praying about what it is that God wants you to do. Let me know if you would like would love to be a part of it, journeying with you on it. And then take time to look at the Bible through what you need and, and grab a hold of it and start diving into it, spending that time with him through the word that he's written, his heart, his journal. Practice. Practice. It is needed. We need it. Father, Lord God, I thank you just for our time together. Father, how you love us, how you have blessed us. Lord, how you meet us where we are. God, it doesn't matter if it's fasting for breakfast or fasting for 40 days. God, we're your children. We're part of your family. We are family. And Father, may we just Come together, bind together, following your heart, listening for your voice, following your lead, and journeying together for the things that you have for us, what you want done. And Father, in in the process that we lay down the things that we don't need to carry, we pick up the things that we should carry, and we become all of what you designed us to be and created us to be. Father, we love you and we know that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen.